electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is the American Greed Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. In this episode of American Greed, when COVID first hits, the U.S. government opens the money spigot. Today, I'll sign the single biggest economic relief package in American history. But that package leads to what is quite possibly the largest fraud in American history. Estimates start around $100 billion. A staggering amount of COVID relief money disappears into the hands of criminals. The fraudsters are bold, buying luxury cars, flights on private jets, mansions. And in the crowd of crooks, one swindler stands out. Richard Avazian runs a family fraud factory designed to steal millions in COVID cash to spend on houses, watches, and gold. You know, in a crisis, most of us turn to each other, and there are some of us that turn on each other. It was cruel to their fellow Americans, people who actually needed that money to survive. American Greed goes inside the assembly line of fraud, inside the Avazian's mansion. It was what they called at trial their dream house. Inside their private conversations. She's not saying that because mom and dad are coming over for dinner. There's an intent behind that. And inside the decision to leave their children and run. Richard tries to justify it as if he had no choice. But he had a choice. They chose to commit fraud. They chose to steal money. And they choose their place on the FBI's notorious list. Most Wanted. Tonight, over 16,000 now dead across America. New York alone with more cases than any country in the world. The Looking back to the spring of 2020 is painful. We are just discovering what COVID-19 can mean. Hospitals are overflowing. ICUs are running out of ventilators. More than 100,000 Americans have died. Entire cities are shut down. Tens of millions of Americans are suddenly without work. And for some, that spells opportunity. In Tarzana, California, in his $3 million mansion, Richard Avazian is thrilled with the COVID cash he is raking in. He sends a text to his sister-in-law, Tammy Dodgian. babe, I got the funds. I just checked the accounts. Already a convicted felon, Richard is leading his family on a criminal joyride. How much they send you, Tammy asks. Like over 500 so far. It will later become clear that Richard is firmly dedicated to one principle. He will never be caught. Richard Avazian's story begins in Yerevan, Armenia, at a time when the Soviets still rule. 
When he is 10 years old, his mother brings Richard and his brother to America to start a new life, leaving behind his abusive father. They set up life in the Los Angeles area, where for years, Armenian immigrants find a welcoming landing spot. Jennifer Ware is an assistant United States attorney for the Central District of California. When he came over to the United States, he did not speak any English. He started in the fifth grade, and he learned how to assimilate into the United States culture, and he loved it. And in the country he loves, he finds the love of his life. Her name is Marietta Tarabellian. They are married in 2004 and have two sons and a daughter. One of the things that he said is that he really wanted to be the father that he never had. He wanted to be the father that was going to be there, be a provider, and be a role model for his children. Yes, he will be a role model. A role model for turning a crisis into a chance to steal. In 2007, Richard Avazian's cunning business strategy starts to become clear. He is working in real estate. At the time, easy-to-get subprime mortgages are flooding the country. So Richard sees an opportunity. He knows the real estate market. He knows how to work the system in order to get the money out of it. It is time to try his hand at bank fraud. He knows many banks are not verifying income, and so, on an application for a home equity line of credit, he gives his a boost, from $6,000 a month up to $44,000. Bingo. The loan is approved. Richard gets a half a million dollars. And so next, Marietta gets in on the game. This time, they use her as the borrower, and she inflates her income, and at the time, she was making zero to none and using the false W-2s and the false tax returns. She gets over a million dollars, just like that. But unfortunately for them, the couple that steals together gets indicted together on charges of bank fraud. Five months later, Richard and Marietta plead guilty, and Richard writes to the sentencing judge asking to avoid jail time. He says, that he is most afraid of being separated from his family, the most important people in my life. I will never in the future do anything to cause them pain. It works. The judge believes him. And the court took a flyer on him and said, okay, I'm going to make you do community service. I won't take you from your family, and I hope you learn from this. But the lesson Richard and Marietta learn Crime pays. Eight years after their felony convictions, Richard and Marietta are living in a multi-million dollar house in Encino. Presumably, they can afford it because Richard is a success, working in a number of seemingly legitimate businesses. Christopher Fenton is a federal prosecutor with the Department of Justice's major fraud unit. Richard Avazian presented himself to the world as a serial entrepreneur and angel investor who was interested primarily in the tech industry. But appearances can be deceiving. Evidence shows that despite their previous convictions, Richard and Marietta actually expand and refine their mortgage fraud operation. 
Catherine Ahn is an assistant United States attorney for the Central District of California. They had essentially a well-oiled machine to commit fraud. We call it the assembly line of fraud. That assembly line is comprised of a huge array of stolen identities, falsified documents, and bank accounts created for one purpose, to steal millions of dollars in loans they never intend to pay back. Just a few blocks away are their co-conspirators, Richard's brother, Arthur, and his sister-in-law, Tammy Dadian. This is a criminal enterprise that is all in the family. Not only do they have the relationships that most American families have with their spouses or with their brothers or sisters or brother and sister-in-laws, but here they're all partners in crime. And this was a family business and that business was fraud. And their best business opportunity is about to fall into their laps. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. By all appearances, Richard Avazian lives by the motto, in every crisis lies criminal opportunity. And in 2020, that cynical view pits him against small business owners across the country who are finally back on their feet following the Great Recession. Before the pandemic, we were making a lot of progress. Marquise Harris Dawson represents South LA in the Los Angeles City Council. Certainly we had problems that any low-income community of color in this country has, but we were making progress. Take, for example, this small restaurant, Medeer's. For 18 years, owner Kerry Reese served Southern-style food, grits, and oxtails to loyal customers. We did very well. 2019 was one of our biggest years, and I was very uh, encouraged. Each day was becoming a better day. That is, until COVID-19 arrives. As the crisis sweeps the nation, the toll is growing by Another the hour. Another 2,000 lives lost nationally since yesterday as this wildfire of misery burns across the country. I'm very scared that if this doesn't stop soon, we're going to end up with a much bigger problem. And California becomes the first state to issue a stay-at-home order. That directive goes into force and effect this evening, and we are confident that the people of the state of California will abide by it. For businesses everywhere, the news is alarming, frightening. At Madeer's, it feels like a gut punch. I furloughed 50% of my staff at that point because I didn't know how long that the full-on closure was gonna last, and I didn't have the kind of backup funds to continue to pay people for, and there's no money coming in. And then in March, a lifeline is thrown out. My fellow Americans, tonight I want to speak with you about our nation's unprecedented response to the coronavirus outbreak. 
President Trump announces that he is authorizing billions of dollars for COVID relief. For struggling businesses across the country, it offers a chance to survive. But up in Encino, for the Avazian family, with an impressive track record of milking a crisis, the global pandemic is the opportunity of a lifetime. Immediately, Richard texts Tammy Dadian, his sister-in-law. Did you hear Trump today? He's passing a bill to give small businesses 80 billion. Tammy responds, we can totally do this. She understands immediately that it is time to pivot from mortgage fraud to what will be the next hot crime, COVID fraud. Two weeks later, when Congress passes the $2.2 trillion CARES Act, it's clear the potential is huge. $669 billion in loans for the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP, and $20 billion for Economic Injury Disaster Loans, EIDL. Because the relief money needs to get out the door fast, the approval process is deliberately easy. Michael Horowitz is the chair for the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee. The Small Business Administration, in sending that money out, largely relied on an honor system. They basically said to people, apply and sign and tell us that you're really entitled to the money. That is an open invitation to someone like Richard Avazian. He gets to work right away. He tells Tammy, this program is over by the end of the month, so get as much as you can. Scott Patey is an assistant United States attorney for the Central District of California. Knowing that doors were closing on them, knowing that the program was not going to last forever, if they were going to fulfill their criminal dreams, they'd have to move quickly and move broadly, and they did just that. Early on, Richard learns that the EIDL program issues a $10,000 cash advance. Richard texts Tammy, if you don't qualify for loan, you keep the 10K. She's on it. Okay, so let's do for all this idiots. 10K is 10K, she answers. Those idiots are a cast of characters the Avazians have assembled to front their fraud. Many are actual legitimate businesses whose identity they steal outright. Others are synthetic identities. When I say synthetic, I mean not just a completely 100% fake identity, but an identity that is made up of fake parts and real parts, which is particularly dangerous because there are parts that can be verified, and yet it's not a real identity. Like this person, Yulia Zadko. She comes to the United States from Ukraine on a student visa and gets a social security number. But she stays for just four months and never comes back. There is little risk that she will learn her name is used over and over to steal from the U.S. government. We think that they knew her, and that when she left, they took that identity that she had and used it to commit fraud. And not only did they use it to commit fraud, they turned her into a man. And soon, Yulia Zadko, the man, wins approval for COVID relief money for a number of businesses. Top quality contracting, timeline transport, touring info solutions. Total take for that one idiot, $1.2 million. And right behind Zadko is another student, Victoria Kaishko, also from Ukraine. 
She, too, is a versatile business person, the owner of Journeyman Construction and Runyon Tax Service and Fiber One Media. Many of the identities are holdovers from previous loan frauds. Already bank accounts, even websites, are in place. They're primed. They literally are set up to roll out as many loan applications as possible. And that is just what they do. In the first month, they seek approval on 43 loans, attempting to rake in more than $5 million. Richard texts, I did two yesterday and got docs today. One of them already funded in the account. It's crazy. They're literally laughing about it because to them it's free money, when in reality this was supposed to be money to keep people off the street. And it is money that may soon run out. With the pressure on, Richard and Tammy are in constant minute-by-minute touch in their typo-laden text messages. Tamara clearly respects Richard. She clearly looks to him for guidance. At one point, Tammy asks Richard, how many times can people apple for the sister relief? He knows exactly what she is asking. She was, in many ways, his second lieutenant. And he repeatedly makes it clear he is in charge. At one point he asks, who told you to do those numbers? Tammy answers, me, myself, LOL. Richard snaps back, no, I told you, I have the freaking formula, hello. He does have the formula. And his ability to game the system even impresses investigators. Timothy Messino is a special agent with the Small Business Administration, Office of Inspector General. What impressed me the most was their savviness to to understand that the EIN um, was the key in this process. EIN, Employee Identification Number. That's the one number the program computers check to make sure an application is not a duplicate. Richard figures it out. He tells Tammy, go to bluevine.com right now and apply. They are approving and closing within 24 hours. Tammy, with same info? Yeah, just change your EIN by one number. They don't check for Tam. It's all automated. So they were able to apply for multiple loans using the same company name, but simply varying the tax identification number, oftentimes by just one digit. As their strategies pay off, Richard and Tammy are both working through the night. Richard, I didn't sleep all night. I was working 24 hours straight. Tammy, I applied at 3 a.m. for my B of A and Wells, LOL. Their greed was unbridled, and it was cruel to their fellow Americans. People who actually needed that money to survive were, in their mind, competitors people that they were racing against to try to get as much money as they possibly could so that they could keep it for themselves. And while Richard and Tammy celebrate their victories, their competitors, small business owners, are losing the game. Carrie Reese gets money for COVID relief, but it is not enough to pay her bills. And so she applies again. I didn't get that because they said the money had already been depleted and the stress becomes intolerable. The most precarious situation was all of the pre-designated payments that were coming through, (laughs) and there was no money to cover them. And so then you get into this spiral of overdraft fees or return check fees, and it was just, I was like, stop, please, just stop. 
And the future? Bleak. I saw my retirement dreams just melt away. And it's like, what do I do now? Meanwhile, Richard writes Tammy, I got the keys today on the house. Apparently, his lifestyle is in for a major upgrade. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. There is little point in staying up all night to steal millions of dollars if one cannot truly enjoy the rewards of stolen money. And so, in June 2020, Richard and Marietta do just that. They move into their new Tuscan-style villa in Tarzana. The price tag? More than $3 million. It was what they called at trial their dream house. It's a big moment for the Avazian family. Tammy texts Richard, I love you, my big brother, and truly happy for you for this new achievement in your life. She adds, F anyone of the looser who have their eye on you. You know, people like us, <laughs> the government. Richard answers as if he is accepting an award for businessman of the year. Thanks, it's not just me. Trust me, you, Art, everyone I care about, plays a big role in my life that drives me to achieve. It's a telling line. It shows that Richard is proud of his criminal accomplishments. They are a measure of his success as the leader of the family business. The family business is whatever it takes to keep the money, to keep the lavish lifestyle, the houses that they're used to. It's not about being a good father or a good role model or following the rules. It's about a result. It doesn't matter how you get there. And as the COVID money pours in, Richard is making enormous investments in watches. Very expensive watches. He needed someplace to park his money because he can't take stolen money and just go down to the bank and deposit it in his savings account. He's got to put it somewhere. And these watches are a way to do that. He and his watch dealer shoot photos back and forth via text message. Richard says, get me a price on these. And when the dealer suggests a watch costing $130,000, Richard gives a thumbs up. And why not? The flow of money is fast and steady. Sign today, Richard says. Tammy, LOL. To them, it was a game. And how much could they take? And how fast could they get it? And they are always on the lookout for a new identity to steal. In July, they break ground on a new opportunity. It's a particularly grim opportunity. In July 2020, Marietta Terabellian's father died. Within three days, Richard Vazian opened bank accounts in his name and began applying for pandemic relief funds using his name and using a company called Modern Terriers. The dead man's take, $534,000. 
It's a pretty blatant example of how far they were willing to go to steal more money in this case, is to take their dead relative's name three days after they pass away, when normal people would be grieving and they were using that name to steal money. And shortly after the COVID relief money hits the bank, his daughter, AKA Victoria Keichko, spends that money on furniture and jewelry. Lots of jewelry. $60,000 here, $62,000 there, cash courtesy of the Paycheck Protection Program. And it kind of gives you an insight into the mentality of these fraudsters, which is my needs are more important, my wants are more important, my dream house is more important, my AP watch that's hundreds of thousands of dollars, that is more important than the businesses going out of business and the homeless that are gathering outside of the lakes and the streets of L.A. And for business owners across L.A. and their employees, it is getting rough out there. In this year, 7,500 Los Angeles County businesses permanently close, more than in any other U.S. city. And many are just barely hanging on, like Third Street Dance in Los Angeles. For 40 years, it is a beloved fixture in the community, now owned by Leslie Ferreira. This place has been around forever, and people don't just come here to dance. People come here to have friendships, to, to become part of a community. But when COVID shuts her down, Leslie joins thousands of other business owners scrambling for money. I absolutely was afraid, 100%. I mean, I don't think any small business owner out there wasn't afraid of pandemic. To keep her business alive, she begins holding classes outside in the parking lot, and she gets a PPP loan. It covers expenses for one month. When she is eligible for the second, she learns the government funding has run out. And so, with no other choice, she starts to go through her personal savings. No one wants to be going into their personal savings to be paying for their business. But I also knew that I had to get through it she does get through it. And later, she is stunned to learn about the fraudsters living just a few miles away. I'm sure they went by tons of businesses and drove by and just saw sign after sign of closing and closing and for lease because people went under and they just continued to do that. It's really upsetting, yeah. She's right. Richard Abazian is out driving. He has a watch to pick up. In Palm Desert, 150 miles east of the Avazian Fraud Factory, Donald Sabala runs a small construction company. For 40 years, he makes a good living. He has a great credit score, no debt, no complaints from customers. And that makes him a sitting duck for the fraud family. His first clue comes in 2019 when his mail is mysteriously redirected to an unknown address. I got a late payment on a, one of my bills, and then I got another one, and I couldn't figure it out. And then it gets worse. He is threatened and accused of things he has nothing to do with. We started getting uh, calls that people wanted to sue us because we were uh, putting liens on their houses and taking out loans that we didn't take out. In time, he learns, like dozens of other honest business owners, he is just a tool in the assembly line of fraud. The Avazians entangle him in an unknown number of schemes and, and at least three loans for COVID relief for a total take of $445,000. 
All I know is they just tried to steal everything they could from me and from the government. Meanwhile, Richard warns Tammy, I got rid of everything on Sabala. The reason? Sabala put out a fraud alert and knows something is going on. In fact, at this point, a lot of people know something is going on, including the major fraud unit at the Department of Justice. In June 2020, we received a tip that there was a possible loan fraud ring involving about 17 different loans at the time. Very quickly, two names stand out, Yulia Zatko and Victoria Kaishko. Justin Palmerton is a special agent with the FBI in Los Angeles. We know all of these loans are fraudulent. The big question is, who's really behind it? Who's driving the boat? One legitimate company Victoria Kaishko claims to own is Runyon Tax Service. And so, IRS criminal investigator Jeffrey Clark heads out to the address listed on the application. It's an outdoor furniture store. This is a good representation of many of the other locations I went to also. Most of them were other businesses. They were vacant office buildings. The businesses weren't at the locations and had never been. It's just false, 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 false. There's nothing true on the applications. And so the investigators take the most promising route. They follow the money. They see that Yulia Zadko's company, Timeline Transport, deposits $149,000 into an account at Radius Bank. We look at the bank account, we see the $149,000 come in. I saw $100,000 being wired out almost immediately, like within a day or two, to an escrow company. The escrow company explains the money is for the purchase of a house. Purchase of a house in whose names? Richard Avazian and Marietta Terabellian. And there it is. The first connection that ties Yulia Zadko to very real people, Richard and Marietta. And then as we dug into who Richard Avazian and Marietta Terabellian were, career criminals, career fraudsters. And from there, the investigation takes off. We find that additional money that was fraudulently obtained using the name Ulia Zadko was used to purchase watches. That takes us to the watchmaker. But the watch dealer has never heard of Yulia Zadko. I said, well, here's the day the money was transferred. Here's the amount. And they looked at their bank records, and the first thing they said was, oh, that's Richard. The dealer reports that he is about to FedEx a watch to Richard, and on the day of the delivery, the FBI is waiting and watching. This car shows up, and it's a Mercedes G-Class SUV, which we call it a G-Wagon. It's, you know, it's a $100,000, $150,000 vehicle. You see this person get out. You're like, oh, I wonder if that's our guy. The driver of the G-Wagon goes in and collects his package. When we went to FedEx later and asked, well, who picked that up or what ID was presented, it was an ID for Richard Avazian. And one more thing about that G-Wagon. I checked the license plate, and that license plate comes back to Fiber One Media. Fiber One Media had applied for a number of different loans in the name of Victoria Kaishko. Meanwhile, back at the assembly line, frustration is mounting. Banks' fraud detectors are waking up. So banks themselves have their own checks and balances and checks to make sure that fraudulent funds aren't coming in. So for example, if your average balance is $3,000 a month and you suddenly have $300,000, that raises some red flags. 
And that's what's happening with all these accounts because they're getting so much money. They're a victim of their own success. And the money's getting stuck. And Tammy and Richard are furious. In their minds, they are entitled to that money. They are the ones who stole it. In late September, Tammy sends off a text. We need your help. This Capital One restricted the account that I finally opened. Richard answers, babe going crazy, I have five accounts frozen from Chime. It's exhausting. It is time for a break. By October 2020, any hope of a quick ending to the pandemic has long faded. This morning, COVID infections are climbing at an alarming rate in the U.S., now crossing the 9 million mark, with cases rising in nearly every state. The spread unrelenting. But alongside countless stories of pain and suffering are stories of people responding to the pandemic in the most positive ways. Now, Americans are creating new ways to help our nation's healthcare workers and first responders. It's just a way that everybody can get involved and show some solidarity right now. In South LA, Marquise Harris Dawson joins that spirit, bringing people together to help each other. His idea? Giving money to restaurants to deliver meals to seniors who are fearful about leaving their homes. It's a lifesaver. So many restaurants called us and said, you know, when we got the call from your office, we were already closing our books and preparing to close our bank accounts and shut down the business. This breathed life into our business. Okay, we're gonna put in white bags. Carrie Reese jumps at the chance to get Madeers operating again. She enlists her grandsons to help deliver the food. And they join an army of people across the country who stand in stark contrast to the deceit and greed of fraudsters exploiting the crisis. Like those in their dream house in Tarzana. While the pandemic rages outside their doors, Richard Abazian and Marietta Terabellian pack up their bags and their secret stash of COVID cash and head off to Turks and Caicos. From his chair on the beach, Richard texts Tammy a picture of his view and asks, What's up, Tams? You up? I'm three hours ahead here. And even on vacation, the fraud business never stops. And one of the things that he was doing while he was sitting on the beach was texting Tammy about how to use the money to purchase yet another house, yet another luxury home, using money that they had stolen from the American government and from the banks. But trouble is waiting for Richard and Marietta back in the States. The FBI has asked customs to look out for the fraudsters. And so in Miami, after border agents perform a secondary inspection of the Avazian's belongings, they call Justin Palmerton at the FBI. And they said, hey, there's something going on here. You guys, like, <laughs> uh, he's like, normally when we see what we've seen on these people, you guys come and arrest them immediately. What are they seeing? Credit cards. Seriously incriminating credit cards. In the names of Yulia Zadko and Victoria Kaichko. That's the definition of red-handed. That's getting caught red-handed. The dream vacation is now a nightmare. 
Richard and Marietta are arrested. They are taken to the Broward County Jail. There, Marietta makes two phone calls. She is told it is a recorded line, but still she says what she should not say. Uh, you know the charges. Marietta Terabellion uses the phrase, you know the charge. And the reason she uses that phrase is because she knows the charge. It reveals her state of mind. It reveals her consciousness of guilt. And then she continues in Armenian. Clean the house. She's not saying that because mom and dad are coming over for dinner. There's an intent behind that. That's someone who knows that she's done something wrong, and she knows they need to cover their tracks. And now the FBI needs to move quickly. And so two weeks after the arrest in Miami, on the morning of November 5th, an FBI SWAT team makes its way up the long driveway to the Dream House. Above, FBI aerial surveillance catches something unusual. In the back, you see Marietta come out with a bag of something. And she goes over to these bushes on the back side of the house, and you see her move the bushes aside and throw something in there. An agent later walks by the bushes. He sees a bag filled with cash. We poured it out. We did a quick count. It looked like what appeared to be $500,000, so about half a million dollars in cash. But it's at Tammy and Art's house that the most damning evidence is found. We found the driver's licenses, credit cards, notary stamps, checks in the names of businesses that were used to obtain funds. The assembly line of fraud, as the prosecutors had coined it, was right there. In November 2020, 12 days after the Dream House is searched, Richard Avazian, Marietta Terabellian, Arthur Avazian, and Tammy Dadian are indicted on multiple counts, including bank and wire fraud. At the time, it is becoming increasingly clear that in their pursuit of easy COVID money, they are far from alone. The fraudsters are bold, buying luxury cars, flights on private jets, mansions. All bought by people who scam taxpayer money set aside for COVID relief. Estimates start around $100 billion, with some stretching to $400 billion. It's likely the largest fraud in American history. And the federal government is working to track down every stolen dollar it can find. We found one address in San Francisco that was used 1,300 times in applications for PPP loans. We saw a gas station whose telephone number was used 150 times. And among the many COVID fraud cases the government is pursuing, the Avazians is one of the first COVID fraud cases to go to trial. The trial begins in the spring of 2021. And that is when the Avazians turn on each other. At trial, the primary defense was that somebody else had done it. They pointed to the other members of the conspiracy to suggest that they were, in fact, the culprits. Marietta's defense is that she is just a stay-at-home mom, not a participant in Richard's crimes. And Arthur points the finger at Tammy, a wife he wants to divorce. Tammy pleads guilty, but says it was really Richard's scam. And essentially what they formed was a circular firing squad. 
But still, they are all found guilty on multiple charges. Immediately after the conviction, the government asks that Richard and Arthur be placed in federal custody. As the trial had demonstrated, they had the capability to flee because they had mastered the art of coming up with and using fake identities and also hiding money that they could then use to fund their escape. The judge disagrees, and he releases Richard and Marietta with monitors strapped to their ankles. They return to their dream house to await sentencing. But getting caught for his crimes is never in Richard's plans. I got a call from a probation officer who's watching Richard and said, hey, I just got a notification that Richard's ankle bracelet was cut off and I can't get a hold of him. I called LAPD. They went there, rang the doorbell. Nobody answered it. Nobody was there. Richard and Marietta have disappeared and they have left a note for their teenage children explaining why they will not find us home today. It is impossible not to be reminded of Richard's 2012 letter to the judge in which he promised never to cause his family pain again. This time he writes that he has been working and sacrificing since the day they were born, but now he brings danger and fear to their lives. In that letter they left to their children, Richard tries to justify it as if he had no choice. He had to leave, but he had a choice, both himself and Marietta Terrabillion. They had a choice. They chose to commit fraud. They chose to steal money. And for that, Richard is sentenced in absentia to 17 years in prison and Marietta to six years. Arthur de Bazian is sentenced to five years, Tammy to nearly 11. On the day she is scheduled to surrender to begin her sentence, Jeffrey Clark heads to the federal courthouse to wait for her. So I'm at the third floor, I'm waiting and waiting. I called the probation person back who indicated that she had called her several times and Tamara was not answering her phone. She is last seen meeting with her lawyer in Beverly Hills. She leaves the building and simply disappears. She joins Richard and Marietta on the FBI's most wanted list. In all, the government finds that the Avazians make off with more than $17 million. You were just kind of overwhelmed at like the brazenness of what they were doing, as well as the scope. You're like, man, why couldn't they just stop at just a couple million? How can people be so greedy? For some, the answer to that question is as old as time. Well, you know, in a crisis, most of us turn to each other, and there are some of us that turn on each other. I think that's as old as human beings surviving together, and this pandemic was no different. In February 2022, Richard Avazian, Marietta Terabellian, and Tamara Dadian are arrested in Montenegro. They are being held pending extradition to the United States. Thanks for listening to the American Read Podcast presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. 
That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 